found in your presence, found in your arms, found knowing your love, Lord God. You know, church, God in His very nature is a giver. And He didn't just give once when He gave His Son, but I believe He continually gives because that's who He is. And we as His kids, I don't know about you, but my kids are good at continually receiving. But let's be kids that are continually good at receiving the new thing that God wants to give us each day. So God, we thank You this morning that You want to give new things to us today. New revelation, new peace, new understanding, new wisdom, new direction. God, we just are open, Lord God, to receive whatever it is that You have for us this morning, God. We thank You that You are a giver and we receive what You have for us this morning. We thank You, Jesus. You know, while we were worshipping, I just um, I got a word for you, Greg Sawyer. And the word I got is a bit, at first I didn't understand it, but I was reminded of in the Bible there were these, um, these cities of refuge. And I just got this picture that you were like one of those cities. That the cities of refuge people could go to and they were safe and they were looked after while they were ever they were within the walls of that city. And I think that's who you are, you city <laughs> of refuge. And you may have seen that a little bit already in your life, and I can hear a few people agreeing with this word, but I, I just think there's going to be people that come across your path that are going to find you to be a safe place for them, a place where they can find safety but also restoration. And um, I just think God wants to use that in your workplace, in your family, on the golf course, wherever you may go, to be a safe place for people and I just want to speak that again over your life this morning that that's who you are that's who he made you to be and we thank yeah let's give Greg a clap I just sense that in worship this morning and um, you can take a seat thank you team were you singing back there Roger I didn't notice you had a microphone in front of you look at that in the background we might need to put a little spotlight on him next time. No, he's shaking his head. Very good. Oh, no. That's not what you want to see when you first get up to preach. Your iPad is disabled. Try again in one minute time. That's all right. It's only a minute. I can tell a few dad jokes right now. Very good. Hey, this morning, ooh, this morning, there goes my voice. We are going to continue on with our new season of Together. Who was here last Sunday? Give me a wave. Yeah, quite a few of you. Who wasn't here? Don't worry, you don't have to tell us, but you can make sure that you listen to the podcast um, and uh, we can find out what's going on right there. Um, I want to thank all those that have contributed over the last, well, I don't know, a couple of weeks that as we've painted, as we've cleaned, as we've put new furniture together, as we've done all those different things. There's been many of you that have volunteered uh, throughout those weeks leading up to it. So thank you for every single one of you that contributed in the lead up to that just to uh, help transform our building and to make it uh, what it is right now. Okay, iPad, you've had your minute. There you go. Phew. What's the score? Who's playing? You don't know. I, Lucy asked me why I put airplane mode on my iPad, and it's because of notifications like that, Jay, that come up, cricket scores or Facebook notifications. They're a bit of a distraction when you preach. But now that my iPad is working, we're going to go get into it. So last week I shared the heart and the, the spirit, if you like, of our new season as Together. And today we continue on that. But the words I felt that God gave me for 2019, just want to remind you, are these words, open spaces. There is another word, who remembers the other word, that what it really means, Rehoboth, Rehoboth. But we're going to go with open spaces because that's English and we can understand that. But we looked at how Isaac was a man who knew how to access fresh water. He dug wells, and not only did he redig the wells of his father, but he also dug new wells to access fresh water that they needed to survive. And we saw that water is both physically vital for our life, but in the Bible, water also represents the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And we need it in our lives if we're going to flourish and if we're going to be all that God has called us to be, we need to be able to access the wells or the water that God wants to provide for our life. And I believe that in this new season as together, I believe that you and I are all called to be well diggers. 
Not just the pastors, not just the leaders, but all of us called to be people that dig wells. People that know how to access fresh water. People that know how to access fresh water for their own life, but also to bless the lives of those around them. And I believe that in these open spaces that God is calling us to, there are new places that need wells to be dug. New places where we need to dig wells so that we can provide water and life for those around us in our community, in our school, wherever God has placed us. This morning, before I get into some of the detail, I just want to continue with a story that we finished at last week. At the end of last week, we finished with a story of Jesus at a well with a woman. And he was having this encounter, this conversation with her. And we'll just refresh your memory. We'll go to John chapter 4 and read a few verses there. It says that the woman was surprised because Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, you would be, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water from? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again because it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. We saw that this woman is talking about the water that you drink, but Jesus is talking about something called living water. Jesus is talking about something supernatural and life-changing. See, this lady came to the well that day to get a drink of water, but she got so much more than what she came for. She came to get something ordinary and normal, a drink, but she left with something extraordinary and supernatural, living water, eternal life. She came for something physical, but she left with something spiritual. And I believe when I say that we're all well diggers, that you and I can be like this in our own life, that people can come to you for something very ordinary, Something very physical, it might be a need, but they can leave with something extraordinary. You don't know what it is that you offer. You might be, let's, let's have a look. You might be a maintenance man, a maintenance business. And people might go to you for maintenance. There's a free plug right there. They go to you for maintenance. That's something physical and ordinary. Or for financial advice, or for electrical work, or for whatever it is that you offer. A, a meal, a new phone, a new boat, Josh Padmos. All the different things that I can see across this room. But they go to you for something very ordinary and physical and normal. But because of an encounter with you, they can leave with not just the physical thing that they came for, but something supernatural, something life-changing, something because they've encountered you and the fresh water that you possess and that you carry, and they can leave with something very different. It happens all the time if we live with an awareness of people. When we start to see people the way that Jesus sees them, not with the things that they're doing wrong, not with the judgmental eyes, but seeing them the way that God sees you and I. Seeing them like that, it might be something small. It might be something big. It could be a word of encouragement. It could be a smile. It could be above and beyond the ordinary act of service. It could be something just simply an act of kindness. It could be listening ear. It could be an opportunity to share the gospel. It could be an opportunity to pray for them. It might be big, it might be little, whatever it is, it's that awareness where you go, you know what, we might be having a physical, ordinary encounter right now because our work dictates that we do so. But I believe that through this encounter that there's going to be an opportunity for a supernatural interaction. See, the lady went that well that day just to get water, but she encountered Jesus Christ and it changed her life forever. So when I say you're all well diggers, I actually do believe it, that wherever you are, whatever you do, whether you're serving lunch at a school canteen, whether you're teaching a class, whether you're digging a ditch, whatever it is that you do for your work, whatever it is that you do with your life, you have an opportunity to be a well digger and a person that not only gets well and water for themselves, but shares it with those around us. It's a call that I believe is for each and every one of us. And yet when we come together as well diggers and we, as people that pour and pour out water and fresh water, and we pursue the open spaces that God is calling us to. So we do that in our life. But when we come together in this place and we say, hey, church, how has your week been? We can share and we can hear the stories of how wells have been dug and how lives have been changed and how each of us individually have got a call to do that, to pursue those open spaces that God calls us to. And that's really good. But I also believe there's something powerful when we do come together. 
And this morning, I believe that when we come together and we say, you know what, there's wells that you and I can dig together. There's things that we can do as a church that we can't do on our own in our own life. I believe there's no limit to what God can do amongst us as we live out the plans he has for us in this church. And over our time today, I'm going to take you through a little bit of who we are, what it is that I believe God has called us to do as a church community. And my prayer for you that as we go through it, that you would be listening, that you would have your ears and your heart and your spirit open and saying, God, where is it for me? What is it that you have for me to do? What is the assignment that you have for me for 2019? Where can I be involved? How can I can contribute? How can I bring what I have to the table so that it can be used for your kingdom and your glory? And I, I don't ever want us to get into the trap of thinking, you know, serving God is just about what we do in church because it's so much more than that. I honestly believe that each of you in your own lives, that is an opportunity to do great things. But I also know that when we come together, there's a real great opportunity to do stuff, like I said, that you cannot do on your own. So let's get into it. Let's have ears open. Eyes looking at me, look at me, look at me. And uh, let's get into it. New name, together. If you haven't missed it, if you've missed the sign on the door, go to Specsavers because there is a new sign out there. We are now known as Together, in case you didn't know. Our purpose This is why we do what we do. Our purpose is for all to know love. Really, that's what we're motivated by. We want all to know love. And when we know that God is love, we know that that's what our, our, our pursuit is. Our vision, which is what we hope to create, we really want to be a community united by mission. That's when we come together and we go, you know what? This is what we can do together. Yes, individually we can do great things, but what is it that we're going to do together? The, um, the expression or the, the phrase that I felt God gave me last year was this, that we would be one church with many expressions, that our expressions would not just be limited to a 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, but we would start to explore new open spaces where God's love can be presented, where wells can be dug, where people can encounter the love of God wherever they are at. And so at the moment, we have a church expression And you might look around and go, okay, it's Sunday morning, 10 a.m., I get that. And that's what we are now. And really, we're in the stage of of making this strong, making this healthy, making this a place that gives life and and flourishment to those that come into it. But we're also always going to be looking, going, God, where are the new spaces? Where are the new places that you want us to go where we can express your love and express your goodness to people that are yet to have that expressed to them? We also believe that there's a community expression The reason why in our logo we have the words church, community, and collective is because we realize that it's not just about what we can, when we think of when we say church, but we have a call to our local community, that all of us have a call to our community, and we are about creating a a space for our community here in this building, but also in our own communities, being active, being vital, being people that are a key player within the communities that God has placed us in. And then the collective expressions talks about the partnerships and the things that we just do with organizations and people around the globe that we align with and go, you know what, we want to do something together with you. And there's there's really, in that space, there's no limit to what God can do through us. And so that's when we say one church, many expressions, that's what I mean. It means I'm just basically saying let's open our eyes and think bigger and think wider than what we may have in the past. And our mission is what we do. It's simply what Jesus told us to do is go and make disciples. All of that stuff is on our new website, by the way, togetheronline.org, if you want to check it out. Very quickly, a little bit more about who we are. Our culture, this is what we value, these next five statements. You've heard this before if you've been around, but I just want to quickly tap on them. These are things and words, and if you can't read them, listen up. The first word is innovation. And saying that the message of Jesus Christ has not changed, but we believe there are innovative ways to communicate this message. And that our God who is a a creator and we believe he created us to create. Isaiah 43, 19 says, I'm doing a new thing. So in this church, we will value innovation. We will try things. Some things will work and some things will fail miserably. But that is okay because that's what happens when you try new things. We want to be a church that tries and innovates new things. Acceptance. We value acceptance because we know that the love of God is for all people. We believe that we are called to break down the barriers that stop people from knowing this love. Romans 15 verse 7 says, Accept others just as Christ has accepted you. We really value acceptance in this place. We value freedom. 
The message of Jesus sets people free, and we believe we are called to help people set, be set free, set free from sin, but also released from religion. I reckon that people don't live in freedom when they're either caught up in sin or they're either entangled in religion. And we want to set people free in both of those areas. And we know that it's not us that sets people free. It's Jesus that sets people free. But we value freedom in this church. We value community. Like we said, we believe that church is not a building or a service. It is, at its core, a community of Christ followers. We're going to start to say things like when you come on a Sunday morning, we're not going to say welcome to church because that's crazy. You are the church. We're going to say welcome to yourself. No, we're going to say, hey, church, how are you? Because that's who we are. Church is not just a building, not just a service. It's who you and I are. Where two or three gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. And the final thing that we value is unity. We realize that we are united by mission. We believe that we are better together and that by working together, we can fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. Romans 12 talks about we being many parts, but one body. And I'm so grateful that we get to be part of this body, this church. So that's who we are, what we, be, what we feel called to do. I want to now take a little bit of time just to introduce some, some team, because team is important. And there's been a few changes within team, and this is just a good opportunity for you to know who our team is. Because team is important, because team reminds us that it's not about me. It's not about any one individual. I love what Brian Houston says. We read it last week. Great churches are built, aren't built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of many. And that's why I thank the many that volunteered to paint and to clean and to set up, because it wasn't just the talents of a few, but it was the sacrifice of the many. You know, our very name tells us that we need to be people that work together. Our very name tells us that it's not about the individual, but it's about team. And how we do that is important. We're setting up in the process of setting up a framework where, guess what? I, as the senior, as the lead pastor, don't need to know everything. And I don't need to make every decision. How good is that? In serious matter, though, I don't believe we'll ever, ever step into the open spaces that God has called us to with yesterday's mindset or yesterday's framework or yesterday's way of doing things. If we want to step into the new, then I think we have to be prepared to step into new frameworks and new ideas. A framework that empowers people to lead. I don't want to be a pastor that starts strong and finishes weak. I want to be a pastor that can run the race that I believe God has called me to do. And to do that, I need to work through team. To do that, I need to take my hand off the wheel as a control freak that can be very hard and let other people lead and let other people make decisions and let other people be empowered. Otherwise, it'll never be what God has called it to be. And, you know, we, we can look at that lesson in the Bible of Moses with his father-in-law Jethro, the same thing. He was trying to do too much. He was trying to be in everything and know everything, and it's not sustainable. So the team that we talk about is really important that we're going, this framework is being put in place to help us be who God's called us to be. So this is our team. Lead pastor, Michael Lott, that's me. Now, one thing on this, I've said it before, but some of you may be new. Lozzie and my family come to this church because they are part of this church. But Lozzie doesn't feel a call to be a pastor. She's talked about that. She feels called to do other things in the community and other things with the gifts God has called her to be. This morning, she's out serving in kids' church because as a person who was part of this church, she knows it's important to volunteer and to serve and to be a part of it. But this pastoring role is not on her life. And the leading of the church is not what she feels called to do. It's not because I've said you can't. It's simply because she has said, that's not where I feel God has called me to be in this season of my life. So when you see her, great, talk to her, be friendly, all those sort of things. But if you want to know stuff about where we as a church are going, like senior pastor stuff or lead pastor stuff, it's, it's like you may as well talk to Lucy. Sorry, Luce. There you go. She'll probably tell you what for anyway. <laughs> Lucy's 12. She knows everything, don't you? No, she'll make it up. She'll Google it. So anyway, that's me. Lead pastor, senior pastor, whatever title you want to give me. Uh, that's fine. As long as there's no swear words in it, I'm okay. The next level of leadership or the next support really for me as the, as the lead pastor is our board. 
and the board names will come up here. We've got Jay Gale, Jack Williams, Josh Padmos, Josh Davy, and myself. And then new in 2019, I have asked both Karen Shuka and Caitlin Sawyer onto our board. Where are those girls? There's one there and Karen's there. Because I want our board to be a representation of our church. And our church has got male and female, has got young and old, has got mums and fathers, workers, students and a whole range. So I want our board to represent that. So we've had Bruce Robbo serve on our board for the last two years. He's pulled off because of his season of life is being too busy. But it's basically said I'm always available for help if you guys need it. I said, ah, when will we ever need help? No, I said, yes, we will call you all the time. But I've asked both of these um, new board members on because Caitlin works in the legal industry. What's your title? You're a lawyer. That's a good thing to me. <laughs> Yes, a lawyer. I knew you worked in the legal industry. I just wasn't sure if lawyers, anyway, lawyer. And I think has got a great uh, head on her shoulders and a great brain for what we need as a church. When we're talking about things with legal matters, we want someone. It'd be good to have a lawyer in the room. And now we have one. So let's go. And yeah, you can give her a clap. And Karen is studying accounting and is blitzing all of her subjects. But also, the other reason I asked Karen on is because she has a strong eye for justice and a strong heart for things in the world where there is um, injustice being done. And so I want that voice in our boardroom as well, as well as someone who gets numbers and understands all that stuff as well. So th that's why those two have been asked onto the board in 2019. And all the other guys that are continuing, the Jays, Josh, Jack, Jack, all the Jays, they're continuing on. And they all have something to contribute. I just wanted to introduce the new BET members for 2019. All right, something else new in 2019 is I wanted to re-establish elders in this church. I believe that an eldership role and a board role are different. The board role for me is finance, is legal, and is that sort of business stuff that we just need to have covered as a church organisation. But the eldership for me is something spiritual. It's um, a spiritual, not oversight. They don't like tell me what to do and where to go, but they can speak into my life. I'm going to give them permission to do that. But it's a spiritual covering. They just have, I hopefully have a spiritual awareness of what might be going on in the spiritual climate. They can be people that can pray over and just have a real sense of going, you know what, I've, I've got this church's best interest at heart. And so two couples I've asked to start off in our eldership team have been Jack and Colleen Williams and Gary and Cheryl Morton. So I think Jack's working today, that's all right, or he's, he's somewhere else. And Gary and Cheryl give us a wave, these guys are here. Gary preached a few weeks ago. Both of these guys have said, keep doing what you're already doing. Because I notice on a Sunday they're talking to people, they're often praying for people, they're interacting with people. they just got a heart and an eye out for you, the church. And so I've asked them just to step into that eldership role for 2019. Cool? Another new initiative, lots of new things. Again, this is all with helping to make the leadership role sustainable. I've introduced a thing just at the moment, I'm just calling it a leadership team. And there's three people that are already on team and already uh, leading roles within the church, but I've asked them just to come up and help with me in leading the church. And that is Penny Jackson and Josh and Pip Davies. So they're already key people running key areas in church. But what it is is this. When I'm away, there's a team of three that can step into the gap. I didn't want to put it on one person, but I've put it on to three people just to say that if Lottie's away, they're the ones that can step into my role. But when I'm here... I don't have to make every decision and I don't have to do everything. So there's some stuff I'll say to them, hey, you three put your heads together and come up with a plan. Let me know about it and we'll run with that. And so it's just empowering the decision making and there's different stuff that needs to go on to not just all be on Lottie. Because why should it all be on one person anyway? That would be boring. So it can be practical stuff and it can be bigger stuff. But you've got to know that they're always, I know them, they're always thinking, what, what's the best for the church what's best for the whole they're not thinking about what's best for me they're thinking about what's best for that and they're also thinking is this something that would represent where we are going as a church so they have the heart of the church and they just really 
in the last three months, these guys have already been acting in this and stepped up into this. And so it's, it's again, it's continuing to do what they're already doing. It's just recognizing that in a leadership role. So those three, um, again, the great people to talk to about what's going on with church life. All right, some key roles within our church. We're going to get moving quickly. So Pip Davey, who's out running her first morning of Ignite Kids, is our generation's pastor, if we can have the next slide. And these are the three things that she oversees, kids, youth, and young adults. Kids is known as Ignite Kids, Effect Youth, and Young Adults is now known as Society. Society. So you all remember it now. And on Friday night, when youth went back, I was in my office and I could hear through the paper-thin walls what was going on in youth. And it was announced that the youth leaders going forward are Lisa Sculthorpe and Hayden Taylor. And so they're, they're doing a transition where uh, Josh and Pip are still involved. And I think Josh, you're there for term one. Pip's there for term two. And Pip will continue to be the oversight over youth so that these guys aren't on their own. But on the ground, running the youth ministry will be both Hayden and Lissa. And um, it's a great, both of these guys have been in youth in this church and now are leading as the youth leaders within our church. So that's something new for 2019. The goal for Pip is to uh, have a leader over Ignite Kids and to have a leader over Society Young Adults as well. So it's not all on Pip, but it is saying you're the one responsible for those areas. Okay, Josh. Uh, Josh's role is the business manager and the services pastor. And under business, there's finance, legal, building, and IT. Within the finance department, we have Rachel Mitchell, who works as a finance assistant, does lots of the uh, bookkeeping and that sort of numbers stuff. So that's within Josh's role as the business manager. And under services pastor, you have creative, media, logistics, and cafe. And I'm sure there's more stuff under there as well. This is just what my brain remembers. Within the creative department, Aaron Shuka, who's at the back on sound today, give us a wave, As. As has stepped into the role of leading the creative team or the worship team, whatever terminology Josh wants to come up with. And Helen Robb leads the cafe, does a great job. And there's other roles within their media and logistics. Again, where Josh is going with all of these leaders, they want to put team in place so that each of those roles, there's a name next to it. And that's really what team is about. But they're the areas that Josh oversees, business manager and services pastor. Penny Jackson, again, operations leader. I had to come up with a name to put after operations. Manager's the wrong word because she really does lead in the operations role. But oversees the office, oversees all of the communication that comes out of the office. You'll often get an email and it'll say it's from Penny Jackson. Volunteers, all of our um, database and that sort of thing. She's my PA. She's the Hunter ACC secretary. And this year I've also asked her to be the Aboriginal liaison officer just to... Um, work closely with our Aboriginal community on how we as a church can partner with them better. So that's something I've asked her to step into this year, which is another new thing. Next, we have Gary and Louise Ernst. And give us a wave, Louis. Stand up. No, just kidding. You can stay in your seat. And these guys oversee, the first area that they oversee is people care. Now, it used to be called pastoral care, but I don't like that word because I don't need any care. No, actually I do. But people care is this, people that say together is their church and people that don't. People that we come across, whether they're in church or out of church, whether they call themselves a Christian or not, people that are needing care and they, the opportunity comes across our doorstep, that's what Louis oversees. So some of it will be births within a church, funerals within a church, and some of it will be within the community. But it's people care, not just church and not outside, it's just, it's people. Okay, so it's people care, it's practical stuff, practical help, whether it be a meal, whether it be the arrangement of a funeral, whatever it might be, but it's that practical care for people. And that's something that um, is big on Louis's heart and, and she's great at doing it. The other thing is the Together Community. So when you change the church name from Real Life Church to Together, you can't keep having real care. You can keep caring for people in a real way, but you can't call it that. So it's now just officially called Together Community. So that is our tax-deductible um, thing is still there under Real Care. It's just changed its name to Together Community. That involves the community centre. 
um, which is the welcome place. Welcome place is 1 to 3.30 on a Wednesday afternoon in our foyer where we open up our doors and people come in from the community. A cup of tea, a safe place to sit down, relax. There's the food bank, there's the showers, and there's the laundry. And there's people that help and serve out in those ways on a Wednesday. We'd love to see it open more days, but it's reliant upon volunteers. So if that's something you're interested in, then talk to Louis or Gaz today. And the other thing under the Together Community is our initiatives, which we'll talk about in a minute. They're the things that we might not do here in this building, but we do in our local community. So Gary and Louie are key people, part of the team, overseeing Together Community and our people care. Next one is Brett and Elizabeth Cobby, which is our Pathways Pastor. Again, there's just been a bit of a name change. Pathways is all about what's your next step in following Christ? What's your next step in serving, in being part of the church? It's always going, what's next for you? So it involves things like our life groups. We really want to put the spotlight on life groups this year and say we need more life group leaders. We need people to say, you know what, I would love to lead a life group. I'd love to be a part of a life group. I want to be part of connecting aside from Sunday. So they oversee that. New people, new Christians, water baptisms, ministry team, and a new thing this year called night school. Night school is a space that we're going to start and we're going to try, see how it goes, a space where we can equip and teach. On a Sunday morning, you don't often get that time to go into the detail or into the depth. So once a month, I think it's the last Sunday of every month, we're going to have a lesson, a night school, and it's going to be equipping and teaching. It won't be a service but it'll be a spot where you can learn and you can be equipped. And we'll advertise what the topic is and who the speaker might be so that you can go and go, hey, that's something I want to be equipped in or learn more about. So that's, there's 10 planned for the year and we'll, you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. But the first one is the 24th of February. So Brett's overseeing that. All right, the next one is the picture. Can I have that up? Is there a picture? Look at that. Can you read that? No. Probably not. But that's just my way. When I look at it, I've got it on a piece of paper where I can go, okay, I've got the board and the elders on one side, support and helping. I've got that leadership team to help make decisions. And then each of those people in the red are the ones that I've just talked about and the different roles that they do and what is underneath them. The way this works is that the people in the red, the leaders there, they're responsible for those areas. I get asked questions about some of the stuff in the blue boxes and I don't know the answers to. I could make it up, but what you're going to hear more from me than ever before is you need to talk to about that. I'll talk to you about your marriage. I'll talk to you about your work. I'll talk to you about the nights. I'll talk to you about the weather. I'll talk to you about a whole range of different things. I'll talk to you about a whole different stuff going on in your life. What I won't be able to have much conversation with you about is the detail in those blue boxes. The people to talk to about them are the leaders over those areas. Each of those leaders in the red boxes I will meet with and stay in regular contact with so I know what's going on, but I just won't know the level of detail going on in each of their blue boxes. I've probably already made mistakes today in describing what goes on within their department or within their area, but that is really, I believe, how it should be because they're leading it they're running it. They've been equipped to run the race that God's called them to do. And I'm there to cheer them on. I can bounce stuff off them if they need to make a decision. They've got accountability and they've got support. But really, I'm asking them to lead in those areas. So that's how it works. There are two areas that are not on the board yet. And those areas are men's and women's. And in the next few weeks, we will make an announcement about what's happening there. We're still sorting out the people and what that will look like. But I just want you to know that it's not there yet, but it is on its way. And if there, either of those areas are something you are interested in, that is something you can talk to me about. I'll have a conversation with you. And then once we assign a leader or someone to oversee those areas, then you can't talk to me about it. You will talk to them about it. But seriously, if that's something that's on your heart, you can see me and I'd love to have a chat with you. So that is some of the team. I haven't gone to every level of leadership. They're just the, the, some of the key team in helping do what we feel called to do. As I said before, it only happens when we work together. And um, I've got a mate, Rick Prosser. He's a pastor in Newcastle. And he, he's a champion at getting churches to work together. 
He's big on things like um, city serving, kingdom works, getting the, the kingdom of God to say, you know what, we are better together. And he, he posted this this week, and I loved it. It said this, alone is easy. Together brings with it different personalities, skills, gifting, challenges, tensions, rewards, experiences. And some of you have said, yep, I've had all of that already this morning. But together can be difficult, no doubt. But it is most certainly better together. And I love this African proverb that says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I really believe if that, I think we got the next slide there. That is really what team is about. Yes, we could go fast on our own. And you know that if you've ever traveled with kids versus traveling on your own, one is a lot quicker than the other. But we don't believe we're called to run this race alone. We do believe that we are called to go together. And it may take a little bit longer, but I believe it'll be one sustainable and also allow us to go further than we could ever imagine if we try to do it on our own. So let's not be a church that goes it alone. Let's be a church that does things together. I want to thank all of our amazing volunteers, every single one of you that serves faithfully. Many of you have served for year on end, year on end, and you give, whether it be midweek at the community center, whether it be on a Sunday morning, whether it be behind the scenes, whether it be up front, you continue to serve and you continue to volunteer. And the reality is we don't have what we have without you. We don't have it without you, and we need people in this church to get that revelation. And so many of you have got it, and I thank you for that. I honestly just go, you know what? I can't believe that those people just continue to show up and show up and show up. And some of you do it even when stuff's just not going well for you. Just go, you know what? I'm just doing it because that's something I've committed to, and it's so appreciated and it's so needed. My, my heart this morning is to say to you that if you are not volunteering somewhere, that you would really find a space. You would find your place and your space where you can contribute, where you can use what God has given you, and you can go, you know what? I can contribute to this church, to this community, and to do what God has called us to do. I want you to feel free to talk to any one of our team about how you might be able to be involved. And I also, on the 24th of February, which is two weeks from now, will have an opportunity where you can volunteer to serve if you haven't found that space or that place yet. But basically, you've got permission to go for it. You don't need to wait to be asked from me. Go have that conversation with different team leaders. Lots of team leaders are building team right now, and they're looking for people like yourself that would be prepared to be part of their team and go, you know what? We can do this together. So that's happening on the 24th of February, but really it can start right now. The next component of Account Me in Sunday is our giving. And Josh announced earlier that in two weeks' time, again on the 24th of February, we're going to be giving towards our Count Me In giving. And this year, the projects that we are giving towards include these things. How am I going for time? Ten more minutes. Our Together Community Centre. You know, it's great to have a great building, but that building comes with the cost of a mortgage. In January, we talked about things that go together, and we said blessings and burdens go together. Blessed with a great facility. Burdened with a mortgage. It's part of life, isn't it? You're blessed, there's a responsibility. Isaac was blessed with many, many, many cattle. And he was burdened with having to find water for many, many cattle. And blessings and burdens go together. And we are blessed with the great building where people have gone before us and dug wells and paid a sacrifice so that we can have this place. And really, when we give towards our Count Me In giving, we're giving towards paying off this building. Who can believe for a debt-free building? A building where the money that comes in to count me in isn't going to a mortgage, but is going to the community. It's going to new initiatives. And really, that's why we're paying off this mortgage, so that we can be in that space. And you might think that's a long way off, but you know what? It starts, it continues this year, going bit by bit, we will pay that off, and then we will be able to do what God has called us to do. In the community center, we have the welcome place, which we've talked about already. We, the also giving towards these things, our crisis food packages. I think we've got some pictures coming up on the next screen of just some of the different things. There's the Christmas Day lunch and the Christmas packages, which happens every year. There's City Serve, so we're looking at where that will be this year. We're looking at how we can be involved in Clean Up Australia Day. And if we don't figure it out, you can just go on to Clean Up Australia Day website and volunteer in your local area. I give you permission not to be here that morning if you're out serving your community. That's fine. We're going to look at a way we can do it here in Maitland and then come for a 10 a.m. service together. 
There is the Mindariba Family Fun Day in July. And then there will be other opportunities that just arise throughout the year. So when we give to our Together community, we're giving to the building, the community centre, and we're giving to all of those different projects. I don't know how many people every week that we give uh, crisis food packages out to. I see the people in that photo there that come to the Christmas Day lunch. All of those things are funded from your Count Me In giving. So that's all when it comes to Together community. They're the different things that that involves. The next thing is our Together Collective. Collective is this, the way I see it. It's those partnerships. It's people that we partner with both locally and overseas to make a difference in the world. And some of our partners include Scripture in our local schools in Maitland. We support Liberty for the Nations, which is Steve and Helen Blake. There's a, a team going to Vanuatu in June. If you are interested, you can see Gary Ernst. There's a team going, working with Liberty. Do you know what they're building, Louis, this year? They're laying a slab for a new building. So if you want to go lay a slab in Vanuatu, feel free to join that team in June. And we also gave money uh, last year, and we continue to do it, where we sponsor um, a tablet, so an iPad or a device. And basically they're putting Bible college onto a, a tablet and then sending them to the Philippines and to Cyprus so young people can go through Bible college through correspondence on an iPad. And $200 puts someone through that course for a year. So I saw the photo last week where they basically all the last year students handed back in their iPads, they re reconditioned them, and they're going out again to a new batch of people who will be studying again in 2019. So Liberty for the Nations do that. We're going to sell into Youth Alive, our local Hunter Youth Alive event, which is a great thing for our young people. We'll sell into Gangala, which is Will and Sandra Dumas, and they have a training centre at Tweed Heads, but they also take a team every year to Arnhem Land, and we'll be going again. The dates are the 20th to the 30th of July if you want to go to Arnhem Land for a life-changing experience you can come along to that it is a great team to be a part of we sew into an organization called share and serve in india and they do church planning and church buildings i've actually got some photos that got sent to me this week on the next slide josh and i went in november last year and we told you about a church in the slum area where their church had been knocked down because it was falling apart and they were meeting in a little building next door and this week i got sent through these pictures of the start of their new church building. So they're in the middle of a slum area ministering to kids from the slum area and their families and they are building this church building. So we will be contributing towards that in 2019. I think the total cost to build it all is 20 grand and we're going to say, you know, we're going to contribute to that because we want to sell into that church building in a town called Vijay Water in India. And the other partner that we have is Compassion. We sponsor children in Madan. And again, there's a team going in September this year. If you want to go and meet some of the children and minister with the kids in the two different projects and the churches, you can do that as well. So when we give, we're giving to the stuff here, but we're also giving to each of those partners across the globe. Like I said, some local, some national, and some overseas. And in 2018... We gave $100,000 and, well, 100, 700, I can't say that number, $100,730. There you go. I'm not, I was good at maths at school. What happened? So thank you, church. You did that. A hundred grand that you gave to each of those areas across the thing. And our goal for 2019 is $110,000, a 10% increase. I can't get up here and say, flourishing and you know Isaac found fresh water and God was blessing him and just go let's do the same again this year but I actually believe that we can do more than what we did last year so we're going for 110,000 in 2019 and the first of those offerings will be in two weeks time on the 24th of every of, of February the count me in giving of every February <laughs> count me in giving can be tax deductible on your giving envelope if you've seen the new together giving envelopes on the back of them there is an option where it says tithes and offering we've done that but then there's a thing that says together cause and you can put your amount there and if you give us your details we can give you tax deductible giving for those areas if you don't need tax deductible giving then don't need to give us your details it actually helps us if we get some money in that's not tax deductible because some of those areas like scripture for example we can't use tax-deductible money to bless Scripture. So it actually helps us a little bit if some of you don't need it, just to say, there you go. But if you do need it, we can provide 
tax-deductible giving for you. It goes towards together cause. We used to have a thing called the Real Life Foundation. That's gone, and it's now just called Together Cause. They're all our different causes that we contribute to. It goes to there, and then we can distribute it to the different areas where it is needed. So you can. what I'm asking you to do is in two weeks' time is to come prepared to give. You can set up a monthly giving plan. You can make a pledge to give at some stage in 2019. But just like volunteering, I actually believe there is a part for all of us to contribute financially to what God has called us to do. So in two weeks when we do our Count Me In Giving, I really believe that you could come that day prepared to give, knowing what you've prayed about, knowing what you've asked God to do, and you could contribute in that way towards our giving offering. And we will hit the $110,000 in 2019 because I believe that's what God has called us to do. There's so many great things that are there. You know, in both volunteering and in giving, there are real needs that we'd love you to contribute towards. But I want you to look beyond the task. I want you to look beyond the role, beyond the roster, beyond the time commitment. I want you to look beyond the money and beyond the cost. And I want you to look to the open spaces. I want you to look to the people who are yet to know the love of God. I want you to look to the people who are thirsty for a fresh drink of water. When we give, when we volunteer, I believe we are helping to dig wells so that others can drink. We're not just doing it because it makes us feel good, but we're doing it because we believe it can benefit the lives of others around us. I want the creative team to come. When we give, when we volunteer, when we sow in financially, I believe we are pouring out our lives for the benefit of those around us. And Proverbs 11.25, I love what it says in the Passion Translation, says these words, Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Does anyone here like the sound of that verse? A few of you do. But I love that we get to do this. I love that we get to do this together. I love that we get to serve. I love that we get to be part of something bigger than just our own lives. But the reality is, even though there is blessings, even though there is favor, even though there is reward when we serve and we pour out our life to others, the reality is it's not about me. It's not about what I get out of it. It's about those that are yet to know the love of God. It's about those that are desperately thirsty for a drink of refreshing water. We've got to take our eyes off the detail at some stage. We've got to take our eyes off the the dollar symbol and the roster, like I said. And we've got to get this. We've got to see things the way Jesus saw them. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, it said one day he got out of the boat and he saw the multitude of people. And it said he had a heart of compassion towards them. He saw them. He saw people that were desperately in need of a drink of water. He saw people that were in desperate need of living water the living water that you and I have the volunteering the giving it's all about releasing that water to those who need it it's all about releasing life to those that are so desperately hungry and thirsty for it my final scripture this morning is from Ezekiel and it continues the water theme it's just I believe this vision that was in Ezekiel is actually for you and for me as a church it says this in Ezekiel 47 It's about a river, a vision of a river that flows. And it says this, This river flowed east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. You know, that picture of a river flowing and making dead things come to life is what happens when you and I decide that we're going to be well diggers. It's what happens when you and I decide that we're going to be contributors. We're going to sow and we're going to see this fresh living water that we have access to. We're going to share that to those around us. We're going to let the river flow to new spaces where it's never flown before. We're going to let the Spirit of God flow across our communities, 
over our businesses, over our homes, because we're going to let this living water out. It will not be contained to you. It will not be contained to me. It will not be contained to this building. But it is to get out there into these open spaces. And I love the last few words. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Who knows that our community needs some flourishing? Who knows that Australia is in need of some flourishing, of some life, of some life, not only some practical life and some help, but some living water, freshness from God. That is our heart. That is our desire. When we give, when we volunteer, when we do all that we do, it's not about you and it's not about me, but it's about those new spaces, those open spaces that I believe God is calling us to. So my prayer for you this morning is this, that you would walk away from this place this morning and you'd be asking God, God, where's my space? Where's the place that you are calling me to contribute in my own community, but also within the parameters of what we call together? Where is it that you would have me volunteer and contribute? And also, what is it that you would have me give? What is it that you would get me to get me to? What is it that you're asking me to commit to giving in 2019? And as we obey the voice of God, as we're led by the Holy Spirit, I believe we can not only reach those targets, but we can go above and beyond anything that we've ever expected or dreamed. Because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the people that are yet to know the love of God, the people that are yet to experience the fresh living water that you and I have access to. I want us to stand because I want us to pray and then I'm going to hand back to Josh. You know, there's been a lot of information, a lot of details and I, th I thank you for being patient with me this morning. But our prayer right now in this moment, it's just going to be a short prayer, is that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. God, I pray for every person, everyone in this room, everyone that says together is my home, together is my church, together is my community, together is where I belong. I pray that you would speak to them. You would show them their space. Show them the lane in which they can run in and show them how and where and why they can contribute. God, I pray, Lord, that you would see us do all these things that you are calling us to. It would not be by might. It would not be by power. It would not be by our gifting or our talents, but it would simply be, be by the empowering of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray right now, even in this place, that you would empower us with your Spirit. We could walk out of this place this morning, Lord God, knowing that we're empowered by you to do all that you've called us to do. God, we want your direction. We want you to lead. We need you to guide us. We thank you, God, that you've placed us here in this place at this time. And God, I thank you it's not an accident, but it's part of your purposes and your will. So we simply pray this morning, God, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in our hearts and in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.